take one little step at a time and put your head down and just one tiny little step and you think you're making no progress but finally put your head up and you look back and you're like holy shit like i've made it really far Welcome to Hearts and Carts, the CPG podcast, the podcast about the people behind the products that are winning hearts and filling carts. This cast is for anyone with an interest in the world of consumer products. We're your hosts, Justin Osborne and Alex Hill, and our mission is to bring you weekly content that helps you be a better and more informed CPG professional. Welcome back to another episode of Hearts and Carts, everybody. Alex here, your host. I'm here with our co-host, Justin. We're getting ready for a conversation that will up the energy. Justin, who are we getting ready to chat with? We are chatting with Lauren Bensadoon, who is the co-founder of Buzz Nutrition, which is a dairy-free superfood creamer that you can add into your coffee, tea, or any beverage in order to get those superpowers you're longing for. Hearts and Carts is being sponsored by Cattle and... We wanted to add a little bit of value with some of the great insights the cattle has to offer. So they gave us almost 2,600 millennials feedback on coffee drinking habits. And what we learned was that nearly 90% of them have at least one coffee a day with over 50% having two or more. Now, the vast majority are happy with this. But one thing that many of them signaled, almost 74.5% signaled they would prefer to have more health benefits with their coffee so seems like a good fit uh, for Buzz Nutrition and really interested to hear what Lauren has to say. If you have not already, please follow us on our various social media platforms, LinkedIn, Instagram, give us reviews on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify, shoot us messages, let us know what you're liking, what you're not liking. And we'll be here at the end of the episode, just kind of giving a recap after the interview. So hang tight if you want to hear, I don't know, what Justin and I think about what we just chatted about. And without anything else to add, let's get into our conversation with Lauren. Thanks, guys. Why should you want to know? Don't you mind about the future? So how are you doing? I'm good. It's so great to connect, guys. I'm so excited to chat today. Yeah, and are you are you uh, still in Toronto or are you in Vancouver now? We just moved to Vancouver in October and it's been like the best decision for us, like just personally ever. It's been the best move. And where, uh, whereabouts do you live in Vancouver? Are you guys in Vancouver? I was, I I now live on the Island, but I lived in Vancouver for the past, uh, five and a half years. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm just outside of, uh, I'm just outside of Hamilton, but Justin and I, Justin was from Ontario and, and left me to move to Vancouver. So he, he's, He's been through Best that really great ever. life decision. Tried to bring me with him. I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't do it. But whereabouts? Whereabouts in Van are you? Um, so we're right in Yale Town, but right on the seawall. So we don't feel like we're like in the mid, like middle mm-hmm. of the craziness of downtown. We're like right across the street from a dog park, which works out great Beautiful. for our dog. And we're right on the water, so we still get that sort of just like feeling of space, yeah. even though we're downtown. Yeah. David Lamb Park kind of area. Is that where it is? Yeah. Very close. Very close. Okay, very yeah. close. Yeah, we're actually right next to BC. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so I used to live 
um, in Olympic Village, Mount Pleasant area. So I did that sort of loop around over the bridge and around the seawall. So I walked like right by your place almost every day. So yeah, that's a, it's a great spot. It, that's awesome. Yeah. We look right across to Olympic Village. Yeah. It's the perfect, like that was like the perfect 5k run or 5k walk if you were doing it. So it was, uh, it was good. But yeah. I, I lived in that area for a while and I, I can't say enough positive things about Vancouver. I freaking love it there. We just, we moved out, um, a little while ago now, just because uh, we had a, uh, I have a three and a half year old son and we wanted more space. And that's where Vancouver is like, damn, I love it, but it's expensive. So we we made that call, but it's um, very happy to move to to BC in general. It's so beautiful. It's awesome. That's awesome. And where on the island are you now? In a town called Souk on the west side of the island. It's, um, you know, what that is, yeah. Oh, I know it. Yeah, yeah. it's awesome. Yeah. So it's a, uh, it's. It's good. It's very, very different. I'll tell you that from Vancouver, like a big adjustment going from living right in the city to to here. But again, it's one of those like the little guys in a great school and just like the, the space thing is the biggest, like the backyard and stuff that I mean, it would be an insane amount of money to buy a place in, in Vancouver this size. So it just made a lot of sense. But uh, but I'm glad you made the move. That's awesome. I'm excited for you. That's a really awesome move. Thanks. Yeah. Um, Anyways, we've kind of just now been chatting about Vancouver and Alex is getting sick of living in, in Ontario. So let's you guys are making let's, me feel left out here. Let, let's let's change the subject, but I'll introduce you here. So on today's episode, we have Lauren Bensadoon, who is the co-founder of Buzzed Nutrition, joining us. A really exciting product, cutting edge superfood creamer. And she'll get into sort of the product and the benefits and all of that. And we'll be able to describe them in a much more intelligent way than I ever could. So I'll save a little bit of that, but brand new Vancouverite, which is also exciting and a huge proponent of that. So excited to hear about your, you know, your career, what you've done and, and your, you know, the, the business you've built. And, and for our listeners, it's really about people early in their career, either starting in traditional CPG or thinking about being founders you know, giving them some advice and insight into what that career journey could look like so that they can, they can learn from people like yourself and, and, and be successful. So, you know, with that, maybe we can start like, you know, younger Lauren, like, uh, you know, before even, you know, when you got into school and what you did and sort of like how you got to where you are, and then we'll sort of go into um, your business, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So my first crack at life was um, trying to be an engineer. So I uh, went to Queen's University and studied civil engineering, really hated it. (laughs) But I just thought I just got to get through D's get degrees. That was my motto. um, And just get through and I thought I'd really like it once I got into the workforce. Worked as an engineer for a couple of years, hated it even more than school <laughs> and, and realized, <laughs> yeah, not, not a great, great industry. Um, and realized that I really love like business and just like problem solving, which is why I went into engineering in the first place, but I found I didn't really get that from it. So I went um, back to school and did my MBA over in Australia. Um, and that's when I like really started to understand entrepreneurship. I took a lot of courses on entrepreneurship. I took a lot of courses about venture capital. Um, I even like had a couple of, I call them failed startups, but they failed before they even got off the ground. Um, Mm. But just like really kind of dabbled in that um, through, through the MBA. And then right out of the MBA, I joined uh, a company called Deloitte and was a management consultant there. And so that's where I really like honed in my skills of like 
strategy and um, like thinking big picture and executing and working really, really hard and very effectively. Um, and then it was during that time where my partner and I founded Buzz. And I feel like unintentionally all these things and mm-hmm. failures that I thought were failures, like I hated engineering, thought that was a failure. Consulting was just killing me. So I thought that was a failure. Um, all these things I'd learned throughout these different parts of my life kind of all came together in one. And and uh, I was able to kind of pull things from all those areas. Yeah, that, that's awesome. I You know, I, I can appreciate the background like i i did finance as my undergrad and realized quickly that i didn't want to i don't know what i thought i was going to be gordon gecko or something i don't know but i like quickly realized that i didn't like like finance um and so i went back to school same thing and sort of career shifted so i i can completely understand that i think you make a decision to go to university for undergrad so young that it kind of it's a bit odd right you're making these huge decisions mm-hmm. and so yes yeah, so you you were at uh, Deloitte for a period of time, picked up, you know, some some different learnings there, did the engineering thing. And so, you know, I, I guess what was the tipping point for you to just say, okay, I want to, I want to start something here? Yeah. So Alex and I have both been like pretty entrepreneurial, just like growing up, we've always like loved the idea of starting a business. And um, so Alex is my co-founder as well as my life partner. Um, and we were on a trip to Vietnam, and I'm sorry, I'm totally digressing here for a second. It's all good, not super okay. relevant, but it'll come back. It'll come back. <laughs> We're on a trip to Vietnam, and we bought these matching watermelon outfits. And um, one night we were like partying really hard and we saw all these people wearing like matching watermelon outfits. <laughs> and we thought like we should create this like company that like is like travel outfits that are like really funky and are like matching for like men and women and that was like our first idea and we like had this it was called the little papaya and we had um branding and all this stuff and then we realized we know nothing about fashion we don't really care about this at all it was dead in the water before it even started so so we always kind of loved the idea of starting something and when covid happened because he's like really into health and fitness and, and that's all part of our buzz story as well but we were going to make these like at-home workout kits and we were like sourcing stuff from like Alibaba and you know, like very much like drop shipping kind of vibes and that also never went anywhere but we always kind of like love the idea of starting something um, but I think we we're trying to force it too much and then buzz happened very organically um, where Alex was he's always been putting funky stuff in his coffee and he's like such a health nut. He'll take anything if it's good for you. Um, whereas for me, it has to be like more delicious and convenient. I'm, I'm not as crazy as he is. And um, I was having a ton of like back pain and knee pain and just joint pain from being like super active. And he kept telling me to take turmeric. And um, I just like hated turmeric. I hated the taste of turmeric. It wasn't great. Um, and he's like, Oh, you know, like, maybe I could put it in your coffee Mm. and like, then, you know, we can make this like this thing in your coffee. And he was kind of like, I could see the wheels turning in his mind of like this great product, but it wasn't resonating with me. Um, And then one day I was taking like my turmeric pills and my collagen pills and all these vitamins that I was trying to get in my everyday routine because I just hate taking pills. I was uncapping them. and I started pouring them into my coffee because I'm like, well, I need to get these vitamins in, but I hate taking pills and I don't have a smoothie every day. So I'll just pop it in my coffee. I'll have it. And then Mm -hmm. I just was like, wait a minute. That's what Alex was talking about. And he wanted to create something that went into coffee. So I just remember calling him and being like, 
hey, remember you talked about like, creating this like coffee thing? I'm like, I think like you're really onto something there. Like, mm-hmm. I think we should create something that's like a coffee creamer, dairy free, tastes good, and it has these like supplements in it. Cause like, that's how I want to take my supplements is through my daily coffee. And so mm-hmm. that was kind of like the first moment where the idea sort of started coming out. Interesting. And so I, there's, I, there's a few things to unpack there and I want to know how you, you formulated <laughs> and all that, but even before that, right? Like, I guess, so from, from day one, right. You and Alex just always knew that you wanted to start something together. Cause I, I imagine for some people that are life partners that would work and for others, that would be a terrible situation. So how did you know that, that that was something that, that you wanted to do together? And then backing off that question as well, tell us about Winston. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you asked about because he is our third co-founder. He is our CPO, our chief playful officer, and he is crucial to the team. Um, but yeah, I would say like, it's, it's just kind of like what I said, like before Alex and I had met, we had both always kind of had this vision of like starting up a business. Um, mm. And then I think it just felt natural to do it together as we were like traveling mm. together and building a life together. And it just, we also had like very different skill sets like I'm very Mm. business oriented and analytical and he's very creative and and on that side of things and also as we got into like the health food space he's like very much on like the product formulation side which I'm sure we'll get into all of that but um so I think like our our different skill sets like made us excited to work together um that being said like once we actually took those first steps into like formalizing a business relationship it took us months to figure it out. Like we were butting heads left, right, and center for like six months at least. It took us a really long time to get into a groove of working together and and managing business partners as well as life partners. And that was tough. Yeah. And that's good to share, right? Because I think that people, yeah, would say, oh, like it's so smooth, but I would imagine there would be some hiccup. Like that's an adjustment, right? You go from like just personal side to now it's both and you're, yeah, around each other all the time, I'm guessing, right? As you're doing this and all your time. So it would be an adjustment. So that's that's interesting to hear. Yeah. Alex. So so yeah, I was I was gonna ask. So you guys um you guys decide, you know, you have an insight. Where did you guys go next? Like what was what was step one? Did you I'm assuming you're the business person. So I'm assuming you probably started the plan. So what was what did the plan look like? Well, there's the plan that I made on day one and then there's what actually happened. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. Love it. <laughs> so my my plan on day one I'm trying to remember when this idea started I want to say it was like October or September of like 2020 when we came up with the idea and I was like let's launch in November before Christmas so like two months anyways I'll 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 skip to the punchline which it actually happened the November following so it's almost (laughs) a full year after that's the downside of um, having so much formal training is you think like everything is oh, like yeah. you can plan everything and, and it's all going to happen the way I theorize it should happen and it never mm-hmm. does. So, so yeah, the, the idea came up um, September of 2020 um, and then product formulation was a big piece of it because um, that was Alex's side of the business. But he, like I said at the beginning, he's such a health nut that for him, it was just like almost just pouring pure turmeric in your coffee. And like mm. that was not resonating with people. So we would take like little 
plastic, like almost like dime bags to like our friends at the dog park <laughs> and like our family and handing them the orange powder. That doesn't like, look suspicious look at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, they're just handing them out. They're handing you cash. You're handing them dime bags. That, yeah. That sounds real. <laughs> Love it. Oh my gosh. It was so sketchy. And like, yeah, people probably just thought we had a dog as a friend to like get to the dog park <laughs> and hand out these bags. But uh, we, so we, we just are handing it out to random people and yeah. we're like, can you try some of your coffee and let us know what you think? And the feedback was, I like that it's good for me, but it tastes like ass and I'll never do it again. So mm. we realized pretty quickly, like, okay, the health benefits have to be there. That's very core to the, our why, but we have to really, really perfect it so it tastes good enough that people are excited to have it as part of their daily routine so I'd say that took a long time and then we just hit like roadblock after roadblock after roadblock like where to get packaging all of the compliance on packaging where to get barcodes like everything is so much more complicated than you realize um so it was about a year of that and then we launched in November 2021 Gotcha. Yeah, no, it, all those things take time. And I, I take a lot of turmeric, so I can tell you, I know what you're talking about. It is hard. It is hard to mask that flavor. So what did you guys, what did you guys end up doing in terms of formulation? Like, was, was this just you guys iterating at home or did you guys bring in outside help ever? Or, I mean, right. Even now you guys are, are kind of a, a three, a three or two person, one dog squad, right? <laughs> yeah yeah we're not very big like we've outsourced a couple things like we have a couple key people that that we we bring in on a regular basis to help us with like packaging design and help Mm -hmm. us with like some of our website stuff so there are people that we probably work with like every week and and we're very close with but but in terms of like the core team it's still just me alex and winston um but uh yeah yeah the, the the product feedback was very informal we just, it was very anecdotal. It was very much just giving it to people, seeing their reaction. Um, I will say that so even though we didn't launch till November, we did um, a Indiegogo, which is like a Kickstarter mm-hmm. in June. So prior to launching. So that was also really helpful because when we did that, we could see like what types of questions people were asking, like what they were excited about, what they weren't excited about. We could still make some last minute tweaks before we actually sent all the product out and launched. Um, So that was also helpful for getting customer feedback. No, that makes perfect sense. It's an interesting, it's an interesting model uh, raising money through those things because not only do you get all the feedback, but you also get a little bit of funding to build your first inventory. It's, it's a pretty beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, I always recommend it to, to like early stage founders. I'm like, it does two things. Like it gives you validation before you've like dumped all this money into something that you don't actually know. Like everybody is going to tell you your idea is so fantastic. Like most people are very positive and nice, but are they actually going to put their credit card down and actually be willing to make that transaction? And that's the true test. The test isn't my friends at the dog park being like, yeah, this is great. Like sounds great. It's like, who's actually going to put their credit card down to have this product. So yeah. I always recommend like do a pre-sale, like, and, and be so transparent about your, your building process, like be transparent from day one, because you have no idea all the feedback and, and insight you get. Like there's so many people that I talk to who are building in the dark and they're just like, I'm trying to perfect it. And I'm, I don't want to tell anybody about mm-hmm. it until it's perfect. And it's like, but you, can't be the only judge of what's perfect like you have to just start 
building out loud and get that feedback and, and do pre-sales or just put it on Instagram. Like, Hey, I'm building this product and you like let the yeah. comments and the DMS come in. And I think it's like so valuable. Yeah, that's true. It's when you put yourself out, the people you, the people who you need will find you, right? Because you're going to resonate with them and it's going to stand out to them and they're going to be the ones who engage. And then you're going to get the, all the value of that. So that's, that's a great, so then you launch and you launch DTC only. We launched D2C only, um, and I didn't realize how hard it is to win in D2C without a large marketing budget. Like, it's very, very hard, and we have a ton of mentors that we've met um, that are in the CPG space, and something that they said is, like, we're such an early and innovative product that we want to secure our spot on the shelves in retail Mm -hmm. because retailers will only want one or maybe two max 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 three of the same type of product on the shelf so if you get in now and you're first there that's where you secured your spot if you're second you're gonna have to fight harder for it and if you're third chances are you're not going to get that spot on retail shelves so we got the advice early on like get into retail so we very quickly pivoted from a P to C primary focus to more of an omni focus. Yeah. So before we kind of get into um, where people can find your products, I wanted to hear your perspective on like how to build a, a community. Cause you talked about it with the Indiegogo a little bit and you talked about finding mentors uh, and just getting customers and fans that would put down their credit card and, and um, you're very active on you know social and LinkedIn. So maybe you could chat with us about like how you build a, a brand community. Yeah, and community is like very much twofold. There's the community of your customers and there's mm-hmm. the community of the industry. And both are incredibly important. The community with our customers, the best way we build that is we are just like so obnoxiously transparent. Like we will film everything. Like it's also embarrassing the stuff I used to film. Like I would literally <laughs> film videos of like me and Alex, like like measuring things on our little like weed we'd um like scale scale (laughs) just to like yeah like measure and like being like we're product formulating people like is that a weed scale i'm like oh god like i I guess (laughs) it is like i didn't really realize like we're using it for but okay and so like we would like just show everything and it really created like a lot of connection between us and our Mm. followers online and and such a strong community um so that's one thing it's like being super transparent, not worrying about being super polished and perfect online, like just being you and like showing the people behind the brand is so critical. And then there's the industry community and the industry community is so important. And I didn't realize this, but like getting a group of founders that you can talk to about your problem, you can ask like Mm -hmm. stupid questions to can give you advice, but like, Oh, this distributor is great. Stay away from this one or blah, 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 blah. Um, is so critical. So for that, I've really leveraged LinkedIn. Um, I would say like when we first, first started, this is like in the heart of COVID, Clubhouse was like all the rage. So that's how I like first met a lot of the industry folks. Um, and then that transitioned into LinkedIn. But now I think like LinkedIn's the best and the trade shows are great. Like at all the trade shows, we always try and host a party. Like we want everyone to come to us and we want to like you know really make a presence at the trade shows um so those are like the two types of communities that we build and they're both equally important we both you need to attack them both in different ways um 
And it's just critical to start from like day one. Yeah. I think it's so important to find people that are going through the same thing that you're going through from a mentor standpoint and from a founder standpoint. And, and I found most people in the space are, are pretty open to giving you help and time. If you just ask, I think a lot of people are afraid to ask, honestly. And that's, that's why they miss out on that. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't agree more. Like it's, it's unbelievable. Like most people are so willing to like share resources, share tips. Like I once had a three hour conversation with this lovely woman who was pretty much making like turmeric, like almost similar to ours that just didn't go in coffee, but it was almost the exact same product. Like mm-hmm. in theory, we could have been competitors, but we sat there for three hours. I gave her some product. She gave me some product. We talked about like shared resources. Like there's enough space for everybody to grow. And like mm-hmm. my favorite saying is a rising tide lifts all the boats. So mm. when we all support each other, like all the boats can rise together. Like it doesn't have yeah. to be me or you. Like yeah. this isn't a net zero game. Like we can all grow together. Um, and so I think most people in the industry are aware of that and respect that. And everyone's like out of this world, amazing and willing to like support and help and share. And it's awesome. Love it. Love it. So walk us through, walk us through kind of that, that pivot you did um, into into retail. Obviously, selling in in brick and mortar is is not a simple thing. And in Canada, uh, there's maybe arguably some added added layers of of complexity, and it's it can be a tough tough environment. So talk us through that foray for you guys. Yeah, retail's an ugly beast. And if there's anyone listening on here that's in the CPG space and is trying to get into retail, like reach out to me because I will get into like all the granular, granular, granular <laughs> detail and ask, you can ask me all your stupid questions, but I'll try and cover it as much as I can. But um, a few things that were really tough to wrap my head around in retail is one, understanding pricing. Like I remember launching on, on e-com and being like, our margins are 80%. Like we're amazing. Meanwhile, I've been taking into account shipping, which is like <laughs> 95% of our cost, but whatever. But with the retail, it's so much more complicated than that. Because you have the retailer who takes 40% margin. Then you have the distributor who takes 28% margin. You then have a broker who takes 5% margin. You then have to pay everybody a 2% discount if they pay you on time, which is crazy. And then on top, (laughs) like, why do I have to discount you just for paying me on time? It's crazy (laughs) to me, but that's how it is. And then you also have to factor in 15% on trade spend. So that means like promotions yeah. and marketing and all that stuff. Um, and it's just like, it's absolutely crazy. And then the other part of it that nobody talks about or people don't realize when they're first starting is like half of the retailers insist on the first order free or first order 50% off. And that's a lot of money when you're thinking about these all the stores that are demanding mm-hmm. this, all of the stores they have. So it might be one one company, but they have 50 stores. Yeah. And and it's it's just so hard. And the problem is, is your distributor buys it and then they charge you back for it. So somehow you've sold to Whole Foods, but now all of a sudden you owe everybody a thousand dollars. And you're like, what the yeah. hell is going on here? So it's a it's like a necessary evil. My advice for retail is go slow don't worry about the big names. Like I just like, don't worry about getting into the big, big retailers because a, your product will not stand out on shelves. B, the staff there don't know about your products and C, it's so expensive. So 
the best way to start with retail is doing two things. One, starting with smaller niche stores that focus on your area. So for us, we're natural products, we're health food. So those small health food stores are perfect for us. The mm-hmm. staff gets to know our product. They can recommend us. There's like not as many products on the shelves. Get it that. Second thing is focusing on your geographical area because the best thing you can do to help improve your retail sales is demos. If you can get into the store and sample your product and be there as the founder, explaining the product, the why, the benefit, letting people taste it, explaining how to use it, like that will like exponentially grow your retail sales. So that's hard to do if you're in Vancouver and you're selling in Halifax. So Mm -hmm. try and focus at least to start in a small geographical area, penetrate, 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 go really, really deep, and then go wider, wider, wider. I love it. I love it. Mike Fada said something similar about proofing out your your potential in your your geography. I can't remember exactly, Justin, you might remember, but it was something like, if you know, if you can do a million dollars on a business, you can do it in one city kind of thing. And, you know, like it was something, something to that effect, right? So you really just focus on one market and, and show that you can build the velocity, the community. Uh, and I love your, your piece on demos because I think you, A, you're, you're, you know, you're connecting the brand with your, your real target and, you know, being in that right niche environment, part of that. But then on the other side, you're getting feedback, right? Like you're seeing people try it and they're telling you, you're seeing their facial expressions. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's powerful, right? Like to, to get that instant response, not from your friends at the dog park with the dime bags, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah exactly. True. Exactly. Oh, man. Um, yeah. I thought that, that was fantastic advice. The pricing thing, unfortunately, I'm also well aware of, and it, it's pretty nuts, but uh, that, if we're a founder starting out, yeah, I don't think they realize how many hidden costs are in there, right? Terms, spoil allowance, you know, compliance fines, like there's all kinds of yeah. things that are hidden in there, right? Let's talk about the products themselves. So, cause we talked about, you know, they're, they're, you know, superfood creamers for your coffee. I think you said vegan at the beginning, plant-based, but there's superfoods in them. So I thought maybe you could tell us about the products, um, what they do, maybe some of the key ingredients and, and why someone would take them. I know. I feel bad. I realized we're like, however many minutes in and probably no one listening even knows what, <laughs> no, I think, what we do. <laughs> I, th- I think it's good, right? We want, we want to hear the person's story and how they got there and then, and then hop into the products, right? Cause I think, yeah a big part of the the product is the journey to get there right so i think you're doing a great job of that and so but but of course we want to talk about your products so let's let's do that now that's awesome yeah so our product right now and we're actually launching a third one um soon which is um going to be a standalone so not not a creamer um but our two products that we have right now are designed to be coffee creamers um so they're dairy free um, and really the idea is we wanted each blend to focus on a different ailment and um, have a combination of superfoods that like really help to support in one area. So the first one we launched with, um, which we now call our Vitality Blend. And the only reason it's that name is because legally we can't call it the anti-inflammatory blend, which is really what it is, but you can't put that in for, for regular purposes on your packaging. But uh, that's, that's really what it is. But um, that's the one, first one we started with. And that's because, um, like I said, like I was suffering with like joint pain and knee pain and back pain and, and inflammation is such a trigger for those things. It also hurts our immune system. And, and there's so many things correlated to inflammation. So this is something we felt was so critical. And 
turmeric is such an incredible anti-inflammatory, but so hard to get it into your diet because it tastes so, mm -hmm. so bad. So that's the first one. So it's really to help reduce inflammation. Right? Turmeric is the main superfood, but the base of it is coconut milk powder and MCT oil. And so what that does is it's that dairy-free kind of milkier base. Um, mm -hmm. And MCT oil is so great also for your joints, but also for brain health. Um, mm -hmm. And what the MCT oil does too, when you add it into coffee, it slows the metabolization of the coffee. So rather than getting like those crazy coffee jitters and then that coffee crash, you're going to have like a bit more of a sustained energy throughout the day. So you'll find that you're reaching for less coffees throughout the day and, and you just have more sustained energy. So um, those are all just things that like we were experiencing that we wanted to solve for. Um, with the Vitality Blend, we flavored it with cinnamon. So that was one of the ways we tried to combat the flavor. And cinnamon is such a beautiful complementary flavor to turmeric and it really takes away a lot of that turmeric flavor without adding crap. Like we didn't want to just throw a bunch of sugar mm -hmm. in it to get to help with the flavor. We wanted it to be all natural. Um, so, so that's the first blend. And, and although we designed it to go into coffee, because that was like my use case, um, our customers use it in their oatmeal, their smoothies, like they put it in their baking. Like we see customers use it in all sorts of ways because really it's just like people are just trying to get these superfoods and supplements in. Mm -hmm. We then launched our second blend, which has like by far been our most popular blend, um, which is our focus blend. Obviously, that name is way better than Vitality. It clearly tells you what it is. And, um, so this blend is using functional mushrooms. And again, like I love mushrooms and there's so many products out there with mushrooms, but I think so bad so we were really like okay if we can make turmeric taste good we can make mushrooms taste good so let's figure that out as our next kind of thing that we're working on um so that one has uh, lion's mane mushroom which is really great for promoting focus memory retention as well as like long-term brain health so really great for combating like alzheimer's disease and then we combined it with reishi mushroom which is a really good natural stress reducing mushroom so when you combine the two, the lion's mane really gets your brain firing. And then the reishi kind of calms you down a bit. So it creates this nice flow state. So you're able to just like get dialed in for your day, but you're not like overly intense. You've got this kind of calmness behind you while you're focused. So that's like really great combination of mushrooms. Um, and then that one we flavored with vanilla. Um, and that one, people just love it. It's such a lovely flavor. It's such a great such a great blend um and we also added in brahmi powder which is which is a plant extract that also has similar properties to lion's mane so our idea is like mm -hmm. not to focus around a single ingredient it's to focus around an ailment and then put as many things in it as we can to support in that ailment versus having like a lion's mane product then a reishi product then a chaga product it's like focus around a specific problem we're trying to solve and that one also used coconut milk powder and MCT oil as the base. So that's, that's our two products, but we are launching a third one that is not a coffee creamer. It's a standalone product that's going to blow people's mind. And hopefully we're launching soon. I think we're going to try and test it out at CHFA in April. We just applied for um, the launch pad, which is like a Dragon's mm -hmm. Den style competition at the, at the trade show um, for this new product. So if we get in, then it's going to be public information very shortly <laughs> I, I think it's 
it's smart to call it something like focus blend, like what you're trying mm-hmm. to solve. Because the majority, I mean, I don't know the percentages, but I would imagine like 90% of people don't know what lion's mane is, don't know what Rishi is, or even what MCT is, right? Like, so having a product that just says that, they're not going to know what it is. Whereas you know, everyone wants to be more focused or everyone wants to be less stressed or everyone wants to be, you know, more balanced. So, so having that, like, this is what it solves for, I think is a, a smart way to name the product. So I think that's, that's working well for you. You mentioned the launch pad and uh, Dragon's Den like, so, which seems like a good segue into asking you about Dragon's Den. So maybe you could tell me about what that experience was like. We've had a few people actually on the show now that have been on Dragon's Den. Some loved it. Some did not. <laughs> how how is it for you this is a very sore topic for me <laughs> oh no it's okay yeah. i've talked about it enough we can get into it but it hurts my heart every time i have to talk about it yeah. so um here is the cold notes on dragon's den for us we um got to pitch on dragon's den it was a wild experience um and it's Please feel free to like, ask me the questions you have on filming, but let me just tell our whole Dragon's Den experience and then feel free to pinpoint any specific yeah. questions you have at me. Um, so we filmed for Dragon's Den. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I'm going to say it anyways. We did get an offer um, while we were filming for the show, and it was a phenomenal offer. Like, uh, It was a good offer. Like, uh, I have no, no downsides to the offer, but... After we got off the show, we started talking to people and everyone got in our heads. And then Alex and I started thinking. And essentially, the deal was for 150000 They were going to give us $150,000. And this was before we even launched. Like, we hadn't even launched yet. Like, we, had, we were, like, two days into our Indiegogo campaign. Like, oh, wow. we were, like, this is back in June. And we didn't launch till November. So, like, we were very early days. So, in one way, it's a great, great offer. But in another way, we were, like... I feel like we can build this business more ourselves yet or, or, or before we take on money. And for 150K, we were like, I think we can like get that money ourselves. Like it's, an, it's not an obscene amount of money that we can't mm-hmm. figure out a way to get that money ourselves without giving up equity yet. So when I say I didn't sleep for at least six weeks, like I'm telling you, I didn't sleep. Like I was miserable. I was like the most unhappy person. I was like, I was just a miserable person because this decision of take this money, don't take this money was like, honestly, the most difficult decision I've ever had to make in my entire life. It was so detrimental to my health. And as the person who is very well versed in the VC world, I, I definitely have more of the, the business mindset versus Alex with more of like the product and creative mindset. This decision really fell on my shoulders. So even though you know, Alex talked a lot about it, he really was like, I trust you and like whatever you decide, which is nice, but it was also a ton of pressure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was awful. Like I, I've, and I, I asked my dad and I asked Alex's dad for advice and they both gave us to- totally different advice. Alex's dad didn't take it. My dad didn't <laughs> take it. And then I said, okay, screw you both. Like you guys are supposed to help be helpful. You're neither of you are helpful. And, and it, it was so hard. Anyways, I'm really babbling at this point, but, we ended up not taking. And so what happened is because we didn't take the money and the show hadn't aired yet, they pulled our segment. So oh. after all of that, we didn't even get to air on the show, which I get it. 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 But mm. it sucked. Like that was like, I it was already the most 
gut wrenching decision to decide to not take this money. And then yeah. on top of it, it was like a big like F you for them to be like, well, you're not even gonna like the get pull, any huh? of the benefit when yeah, when 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 we know so many brands who have been oh. on the show and didn't take the money and still got to air and their businesses went through the roof, it felt like almost like a personal like screw you. And it that friggin' hurt. And maybe it wasn't, I don't know. But it hurt. Yeah. It just hurt. It hurt. It hurt. It hurt. And I was. It already hurt that we had to make this gut wrenching decision that we didn't know if it was the right decision yeah. or not. Um. So so we didn't get to air. So we our episode never aired. Um. So it was just tough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That. I mean, that's tough sucks. experience. Yeah. We we've talked to other friends that that um like similar in the sense that they got a deal, but then they didn't end up taking the deal, but they did have their episodes aired, and so that would be a, a double whammy, but I can imagine it would be hard to, I mean, you're two days into your Indiegogo and you hadn't really launched yet to give up equity in your company would be tough. Like that would be a tough yeah. decision to have to make. So I, I completely understand like th- that thought process that would be hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was hard. Like we were so early days and like, we just felt like, and they always say to raise before you need it, but we just felt like we have so much more to build. Like we have mm-hmm. so much more to go and like, it was just, yeah, I don't know. It was crazy, man. I, and who knows if it was the right or wrong decision. There's no way to know, but um, it was just crazy. It sounds like you outdragged the dragons. Like your deal was too good. <laughs> you, you, you then turned them down. So they've, it's fair. It's fair. Yeah. <laughs> I think you should take that as a win. Thank you. Yeah. You know what? We've had a, we've had a few other conversations that have said like, I mean, everyone has always said you made the right decision, you made the right decision, but it's like, uh, maybe yeah. people are just trying to make it feel better. I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to know anything for sure, right? But end of the day, like, all you can do is move forward. And I think they, the fact that you made a deal is a good sign and sucks about the airing. But I mean, it, it showed that they, by the sound of the deal you made, showed you you have something special, right? Yeah, that's what we took it out. Like, you know what, if all else, it's, at least it was good validation that we're on to something good. So, I mean, you you talked a little bit about what's next for the company. It sounds like a new product launching at CHFA West, which is really exciting. That's the place to do it, right? For sure. You want to launch a product there. Anything else that you want to share that that you're working on? I mean, I don't want to get you in trouble and you have to say the wrong thing, but anything you want to share that's, yeah, we don't, that's coming up for the brand? We don't want you to have to explain yourself to Winston. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's a tough cookie. It's, <laughs> it's so funny because honestly, I learned that this that's the hard way. Like there was one time when um, I was sharing on Instagram and I was talking about our next four blends that we had. We were thinking, and I was, you know, doing what I do and trying to engage the community and being like, you know, help me decide of these four blends that we're going to launch. Like, which one do you want to see next? And I posted them all, and then the next day, this this person reached out to me who's in the industry in a totally different area of the business and was like, Oh, like, you know, I started a story last night. Like I actually was thinking of getting into superfood creamers and those were the first four, four blends I was going to launch. And I'm like, really? Like that seems a little, little suspicious yeah. and a little coincidental. Yeah. So I learned the hard way. Like you got to keep your cards a little close to your chest, which yeah. is like not natural for me. Like not at all. Like I love to share and like, I'm such an open book. Like it gets me in trouble all the time. Um, so yes, I have learned that the hard way in terms of like where we want the business to grow. Like we definitely don't want to be a company with like 25 different SKUs. We want like to continue to have like very intentional SKUs and, and, and 
take a lot of time creating each each blend. But I think we'd like to have like one or two more creamers because I think it's such a unique way of getting these superfoods into your coffee. Um, but Alex is so on the ball with like trends. Like he's always so far ahead of the, the curve when it comes to trends. So he's already seeing like superfoods that like no one's talking about right now, but mm. like are for sure going to be huge in a year from now. So there are like individual, like standalone products we want to get into. Um, even some things that are in the beverage industry and like more on the food side of things. So we definitely have like a big vision um, for the area we want to take this into, but, but we will always stay consistent of trying to work around solving a problem. So um, the vitality is driving me crazy because I can't think of a good name for that one, but that one's like going to be always going to be a weird one. That's the name isn't gonna, great, but like it's going to be your next LinkedIn so post. Like, so what should we name this product? There you <laughs> go. I, I have arthritis I and I've been sitting here trying to think of one since you told me that. So I'm, I'm with you. If I think of one, I'll send you a message. Yeah. Please. Cause it's just like impossible, but, but uh, we're always going to like create something that like helps with a specific thing. Um, and yeah, we have a bunch in the pipeline. So, so uh, it's exciting. And I, I wish I could tell you more and I'm really sorry. Cause I know that's super All annoying, good. but All good. trying to learn from my mistakes. Yeah. It, and it's a tough balance. Cause like you talked to, at the beginning, right. About like, how important transparency is but at the same time you're right like you 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 can't be a hundred percent transparent about everything because someone's going to steal your idea so you do have to manage that right like it, it, it's a tough thing to manage like transparency is so important but like you like, can't be all out there this is a cpg podcast so like share things you want to share yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah wait alex i don't want to be the, the people that you know ruined your idea so yeah <laughs> that's, that's not the goal here yeah I think uh, I think at this point, a question we like to ask people is just a brand in the market or a product in the market that you love. One that you you can maybe use it and you just love the product itself, or you think the way they're bringing the product to market is really cool, clever, innovative. So that yeah, we call it we call it brand crush. Who's your brand crush? The best brand in the market right now, without a doubt is Liquid Death. That company is unfreaking believable. So what they, they have like what, 4 million followers on Instagram and it's not even like, oh, I'm so impressed with them followers there. Like it just goes to show like how great they are that this freaking water, they're just water. I mean, it's great water. I do love Liquid Death like from a, from a product perspective, Mm -hmm. but their ads are hilarious. They're so creative. Their partnerships are out of this world. Like I want to be Liquid Death so bad. Like (laughs) when I met them at the last trade show, I've never fangirled so hard over anybody my whole life. Like I just think they're the coolest company. They're so just, Fuck, I'm sorry if I acknowledge her, but they're fucking so cool. Like, they're so fucking cool. And they're just, like, a bunch of beauties. And they're not trying to be something. They're not trying to, like, put on a show. They're not trying to, like, boost. They're, they're just a bunch of beauties, just being beauties, and just has a fun product, fun branding, and it is a legend. And, and it's not about... They're nothing. I just love them. I 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 love them so much. Yeah, it's a good one. I think you might be the fourth person that said that. I think so far, Alex, that we've done so. Yeah, like it's good. It is. It's a a wild one. 
I always explain, like when I have to explain liquid death to, to someone who hasn't heard of them, I just tell them about the tasing, the tasing, uh, not, the, not the world's worst water. Um, Such a good video. I love that. The best. Yeah. The best. I, was, I remember the first time I saw them was at a trade show and it, it just everyone was carrying a can that said liquid death. And the can is pretty like, it's very different versus everything else at a natural food trade show. <laughs> so it's like, what the heck is this that everyone's drinking? I thought it was an energy drink. I don't know what I thought. And then when I found it, it's, it was water. It's like, wow, that's very interesting. <laughs> it's just, it's a, uh, it's a very cool concept. And uh, it, they built an incredibly powerful brand. It feels like quickly too. Yeah. They're a bunch of beauties. I love those guys. And it's like, it's like there's people you meet who you think they're going to be beauties and then you get to know them and it's just like it's just like an ego show yeah. and it's not authentic and it just like pisses you off and, it, and you're like I wish I never met you because you ruined <laughs> what I thought of you liquid yeah. death is just the opposite like they're just genuinely a bunch of legends so I love them I think they're so cool yeah it's like the whole thing you should never meet your heroes right like it's the, <laughs> like the one, unless oh, it's liquid oh, death no that turns out that guy's an <laughs> asshole yeah so I um yeah, that's uh, that, that, that's a great one. Um, last question that we like to ask everyone as well is, and, and you've given sort of you know career insight and advice throughout. But if you're sitting down with somebody that was entering the space, maybe somebody that wanted to be a founder one day, what advice would you give them? And it can be one piece, two pieces, three pieces. You know, this is your soapbox to to give out advice. Yeah, I think like I know I already touched on it, but like I just want to reiterate it is like just like build out loud, like. It's, I, I always, it hurts me when I see these people building in silence and, and in the dark. And it's just like, you're missing out on an opportunity to start building your community. You're missing out on an opportunity to get early feedback before it's too late. You've invested too much money. And, and you're missing out on an opportunity to like start building your network of fellow founders and, and industry folks. So like, just like build out loud. That's one. Two is, I think like they can just get Sometimes it gets so overwhelming when you think of like everything that needs to be done and all the things you need to attack. And like, it's so just like the most obvious thing, but it's so simple, but it's not as easy as it is, is just take it one thing at a time. Like literally, if you can just break it down into a million tiny little steps and just take one little step at a time and put your head down and just one tiny little step and you think you're making no progress, but finally put your head up and you look back and you're like, holy shit, like I've made it really far and you didn't even realize because you're just making little tiny steps. Like just put your head down and keep going. That's the second thing. The third thing is, so I'm like listening to podcasts of like super successful people, talking to super successful people and like all the above. Like the number one thing they say for like uh, a quality in a successful founder is just resilient. Like you don't need the smartest person. You don't need to have an MBA. You don't need to be like, any, like you don't need to have some sort of special unicorn skill set. Like if you can just keep going and you can just, every time you hit a roadblock, you don't give up, just don't give up. Just find a way to keep going. Like just, just keep going, keep going, keep going. And that resilience, that's, that's it. Like, I think that's like the key core yeah. is resilience and everyone is capable of it, you know? So I think that's the other thing. Um, I had one more idea, but I can't remember it now. So, <laughs> it comes to me, I'll let you yeah. know. but those are my three. Yeah, I, I think I, that, I think maybe the last one to add is listen to podcasts with people who are only mildly successful, like Alex and I. 
doesn't have to just be that. <laughs> I think that's, that's, the, that's the one that I would No, have, we, so. we, we bring Lauren so that we have a successful person. True, we, yeah, we have a successful person. You're right, you're right. Somebody's got to bring us up a little bit, but no, that's that's great advice. And the resiliency thing is is so true, true. right? Because I think people, it's a grind, right? Like there there's, there's great stuff that can happen and there's a lot of success stories, but there's a lot of failure stories. The resilience piece, I think, is is absolutely huge. Um, so I think that's that's awesome advice for anyone starting out. Well, Lauren, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. It was great meeting you. And uh, and hopefully I meet you at CHFA West and I can come say hello and try the product and hang out for a little bit. Awesome. Yeah, thank you guys so much. This is such a fun, nice conversation. It's This is like so much fun for me. So it was awesome. It was a great chat. And uh, yeah, hopefully I'll see you guys at, at CHFA West. Well, that was great. Lauren was uh, Lauren was a breath of fresh air. She has a great energy and I think she's building a really cool business. And I really love the way that they're framing their products around solving problems. And so help me God, I will try and find a better name than Vitality to communicate what that product <laughs> does because I that's a product that resonates with me. Um, but Justin, what were what were some of your key takeaways? Yeah, you could feel the, the pain in her with the, the Vitality name, right? So we got to help her out there for sure. I, I just loved meeting her. She had great energy, like super natural, authentic, comfortable. I liked when she talked about getting validation on your product from multiple sources of people. So she talked about, you know, the Indiegogo getting validation there. She talked about handing out, you know, dime bags at the park, but, you know, like t- testing out the product there, the Dragon's Den experience, right? Even getting validation there that the product's good. It sort of goes into the building out loud piece that she said at the end, but really it's about like having all these checkpoints to make sure that you're not talking to yourself and that there's an actual market for your product and getting feedback so you can tweak it and and make it better throughout the process, right? Which I think every entrepreneur needs to do. What about you, Alex? Absolutely. I loved all those ones. I thought her breakdown of considerations for going into retail and just her talking about the importance of pricing and how you need to consider all of the factors that she listed was really thoughtful, articulate, accurate, and something for people who are, you know, entering this industry or especially starting a new, you know, a new venture. Uh, you know, that's a, a lot of value in what she broke down there because you get that wrong, you set a precedent. It's it's really hard to unwind that. So I thought I thought that was great. Yeah. And she also offered if anybody's out there to just reach out to her on LinkedIn and she would sort of help out and give them advice like like she's been given which is so cool that that um you know the founder community just helps each other out i I absolutely love that anyways if you're still listening thank you um appreciate you listening to the podcast remember to like subscribe give us those five star reviews and ratings and we'll be back again next week with another cast thanks everyone